Hey, what's going on? Dr. Drill to Making Motivation Podcast. How are you doing, you scoundrels? Today's Monday, the 26th of January, 2021. Where did the month of January go? It's crazy, yes, yes? Absolutely crazy. But uh, it's good. You know, today was a good day for me. Hope it was an awesome day for you. It was freaking chilly willy up here in the Philadelphia area. And a uh, productive day for me at the office. Uh, helped some people, had some laughs, put some smiles on faces, and fire under the asses of the masses. So here we are. I have a, uh, I think it was a pretty interesting topic of conversation. Interesting to me, anyway. I picked up this book. I've been thinking about it for quite a while. The book is called... The Bayman. So I'm from coastal Jersey, as you may have picked up. I'm from a little town called Forked River. And uh, I always say that if you got to be from New Jersey, this is an awesome place to to have grown up. Great community. Uh, We lived in the middle of the Pine Barrens, so there's a lot of open spaces, a lot of opportunities for people to enjoy themselves. There was a bay community. Uh, the Barnegat Bay was right there in town. And Long Beach Island, the ocean was just beyond. And so really, you know, an awesome place to live. Pine Barrens offered endless adventures that we could uh, embark upon, head out there and climb trees, build forts, make BMX tracks, ramps, and berms, and all that shit. Go out there, or later on uh, in in high school, we go out there and drink beer and have woods parties. You can go out there on your all-terrain vehicles or shoot your firearms or whatever right out there in in the vast pine barrens, which were relatively unregulated. You can go out there and have a good time do whatever you want to do. It's almost like a lawless environment, kind of like a, something out of a post-apocalyptic scene where, you know, here's this this town, but, you know, people out there and like something out of the Road Warrior where you go out there and, and you're jacked up truck and with a, with a keg of beer or a beer ball and drive around in the woods, try to get cut, um, get across the various mud puddles and creeks and stuff and you get stuck, you get friggin' flooded, somebody pull you out with a big fire hose or another type of rain, uh, rope or cable, and then uh, fight each other out there and, and laugh and carry on and kiss your girlfriend and head back into town when it was all over. And, hey, remember, it was in that woods party, we're out there, and such and such did that, jumped over the fire pit, all that shit. And so we went out there and had just endless fun in the Pine Barrens, growing up on the water, swimming in the bay, fishing, crabbing, clamming, boating, awesome place to grow up. And so this book called The Bayman was written by a guy named Merce, um, fuck's his last name, Ridgeway, Merce Ridgeway. And Merce or Mercy, Mercy Ridgeway, Merce, 
think it's Merce. And so, he was a Bayman long before I showed up, you know, in the 80s. I was born in 1975. He was probably still out there on the bay, but he, he had been cultivating the bay for shellfish and crabs and living off the where the ocean meets the land, essentially, living off the bay, driving, riding his boat out there into the the waters of Barnegat Bay and exploring and duck hunting and carving up decoys and crabbing and clamming and that's how he raised his family. That's how he provided for his family being part of the community as a bayman. Fucking unbelievable, you know. I remember when I was growing up there would be people you'd see uh, lurking around town run, run across them in maybe a little place called Square Deal Hardware towards the center of town or there's a Welsh farm it's like a little convenience store or Krausers or you'd see them out in the out in the Pine Barrens riding around their trucks um, they were hillbilly type people the locals people from that that I wouldn't call them indigenous because you know they're the Lenny Lenape, the Indians, local Native Americans, of course, it was their land first, right? But these are some of the people that were there when there were frickin' dirt roads, you know, in the 50s and the 60s, in the 70s. And when I showed up there, my road that I grew up on was dirt. And soon they would put in sewers and they would pave the roads and towns started growing exponentially. Now, I probably wouldn't even recognize certain aspects of it, but I bet you there would be some things that were the exact same. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I've talked about that before where you have, um, you go into an area that you grew up in, let's say, like Fork and River, New Jersey, for me, you go there, and after having been, having not been there for 10 years or however long, and you'll see so many changes, countless changes, but then you'll see some street corner where the sign is still scratched or um, there's still that bend in the road where that tree, that, you know, a drunk driver hit the tree. And there's a, that, 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 that tree trunk still... <clears throat> tells the tale tree trunk tells the tale of days gone by or there'd be like that white sand road that just still the same turn still the same bumps in the road still the same trees same roots that are coming out of the ground from the scrub pine in your neighborhood same color house that you know you sold that you lived you grew up in for 18 years and your, your family stayed in for 25 years the house still looks the same and the fence is still the same and the trees have grown uh, but no they changed that and then they put a pool in or they did whatever Hold on a second, gotta run into the store.
Okay, I'm back. So what I'm getting at is that, you know, as I was saying, the places that we grew up, think about that. Your hometown. You remember the different aspects of it. Remember what it was like when you were growing up. The patch of woods behind your house or the local park or your school. The various stores that were around. When you approach midlife, you start thinking about all these places and you recount all the places that you've been and the cool and not so cool experiences you had. Your experiences are all of value, right? To revisit those things. And so I'm thinking about my hometown and I read this book and this guy just takes me back. Takes me back to a time that you know, I can actually only imagine because if I'm remembering all the cool stuff that we did skateboarding through Cranberry Hill and going to Devil's Ditch and BMXing through there or you know, um, playing Manhunt in this field here and that local restaurant that everybody would go and then it burnt go to and everybody then it burnt down you remember these things you know the, the sound and the smell and the the whole deal of, of the school and how it was the center of our world and, and everyone we knew, all the kids went there and grew up and would go to the football games, sporting events, cheer on the Lacey Lions and a little paw print that was there when you turned on to I think it's Manchester Drive or whatever road that the school is on. There these giant paw prints we're the Lacey Lions, and so that was like Lions pride, that is who we are, and all the adventures you had, and all the, the good, bad, and so on and so forth, just just amazing, and, and this guy, he was there, probably went to the same uh, elementary school as I did, Forked River Elementary, and, but his best days were spent out on the bay, clamming and crabbing and just basically living off of mother nature you know the bounty that existed out there in in that body of water that's that's how he and his family and many others made their way and they're old pineys you know and then times change and development of the bay Sounds like, and I, I believe, you know, I was aware that it started to suffer from overdevelopment and pollution and runoff and all these things that we talk about now as if, you know, people debate them. Oh, it's pollution, you know, or really, can Mother Earth just, you know, some people swear that there's nothing we could possibly do to the Earth. It's too big and we're too small and we couldn't possibly have an imprint. On this or on this world, look at my hometown. You know, look at where it started: dirt roads and a bay teeming with wildlife and um, all kinds of open lands. And then it develops and it grows and it grows. And 
the department stores give way to big box stores and super wawas and the marinas fill up with out-of-towners or new movers with their boats and their trash and and all that you know just it's just kind of the way of the world with human beings it's tragic and it's interesting but that's 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 my world I mean, this is something that I experience and when I I read this guy's book and he talks about all the things that he did you know his curiosity growing up and his community and the people in it and of course you talk about the things that were like he the guy grew up there in my hometown of Forked River before there was electricity and running water and so obviously things are primitive and things were we always remember things having been better and simpler and then you get water and sewers and electricity and TVs you know things change more people want to move down towards the beach construction folks they want to develop it realtors they want to develop and sell houses they want businesses so that people can have jobs and you know the economy grows and the community grows and the population swells and where does that end on this page on Facebook called if you grew up in Lacey you remember remember growing up in Lacey Township whatever and so there were three man-made lakes there in town they had specific names like one was called Lake Barnegat and the other was called um, Deerhead Lake and the third was called the Mill Pond and these these lakes there's a meandering road that skirts the lakes and the beaches could be there be countless people on the beaches and in the water and, and there were docks in the water and people would go out there and climb the docks and dive off and play Marco Polo and run around and just fucking endless fun endless fun and this is living near the beach near the bay, right by the bay, and right near the ocean. We have lakes, so even more water. And you could fish there. There was pickerel and catfish and crappies and turtles. Big snapping turtles. I caught one on a piece of bologna sandwich one time. It was kind of like a Tom Sawyer. I mean, I, I, it, I know it was the 80s and stuff when things were developing, but I remember still there was a lot of old stuff there. There was a lot of old businesses and the marinas you could go and there would still be wooden boats and old timers who would tell stories of the 50s, 60s, 70s. You know, now I'm growing up in the 80s and 90s. All these folks are starting to get old and dying and come let me sit on my knee let me tell you a story about the way things were and now they're, they're disgusted with the Although they wanted things to grow, maybe on some level, they wanted more opportunity and um, and thriving community. They didn't want 
all the out-of-towners. They didn't want congestion and traffic and people moving in, squeezing from north to south, from New York City, and from west to east, from Philadelphia. Everybody wanted to go to the Jersey Shore. And people still do. It's a wonderful place. And I'm sure if I go back, I would see a lot of things that reminded me. And I have been back. It's been a while, but COVID passes. I'm going to head over there. We used to go see, uh, stay with family in uh, Ocean City, New Jersey. So we'd have to go through. And we used to stop and, and spend some time with my, my friend Russell and Gretchen and his family. As I pass through, you know, down Route 72, Route 70, and there's pine ba- there's pine trees on the, you're driving down a, a highway full, uh, skirting protected lands, and I see all those little pull-offs, those little dirt trails, sand, white powder sand heading off into the pine barrens, and I see people, um, little houses, and I, I all this flat land with pine barren, with pine trees, scrub oak, and white sand scattered with pine needles. I mean, this is, you hit a, you hit a dip in the road, and there's a creek, and the creek smell of cedar, and the earth is, is of a specific composition, obviously, <clears throat> and it's a very special place. I think about my time growing up in that town, and when I tell my friends, I just asked them on a group text, hey, can you guys remember, you guys read the book about this guy, they're all talking shit on the thread before I get on and say, hey, you guys read a book called The Bayman? Yeah, they're all smoking and joking on there, saying a bunch of inappropriate shit, which I enjoy as well, but they're there right now. They are in this town, living in this town. And they drive by some of the same things that I'm talking about. What is all this shit? Um, they drive by some of these landmarks and they can go out to that Bay Boulevard or stop at that you know, restaurant that's still there or drive by our high school and they see it every day and I bet you they're tempted to say some negative things about where we grew up about how it's not the same and it's overgrown now I don't know I wonder if they're still proud see when you're still there when you never left, what is your perspective? They probably look at me and say, man, this guy's reading books about the Bay. He's two hours away. Never comes to visit. He's going to read books about it and remember how it was. I'm sure that goes to their mind. I'm sure they appreciate as well some of the, uh, you know, my... Recollecting my remembering 
life as it was when we grew up. Of course, we just lost a friend a couple months ago, a few months ago, so... You know, they might be tempted to think about that. We had a great upbringing. We really did. We had so many adventures, so many great times. I'm glad these guys are still alive, and I just want to prompt them to to reflect as well. I want to go visit them. I want to go out clamming. I want to go crabbing. I want to stop by and see this town and remember how it was and see how it is. And I want to honor people like like this guy, Merce Ridgeway, telling stories about his exploits and how he lived once upon a time off the fucking land, maybe in a very similar way, not maybe, as I drive through this community, heading to my uh, development up here in Telford, Pennsylvania. I look at these fields and meadows, and I can imagine... This is all farmland, growing corn and cows and goats and chickens and whatever the fuck else, you know. People lived differently. They, they lived off, actually, the raw materials, the resources that the land offered. I think that is so pure. I love that, man. I love to hear stories about farmers and fishermen and people who actually were to take um, take from the land and the ocean and the, the earth and in anticipation that they would need more. So they, you know, if they caught some crabs, they would throw the little ones back, hopefully, so that they would be able to grow and propagate more crabs. In the same way that a a farmer might fertilize their field with cow shit, you know, turning that back and tilling it back under into the earth, add more organic, more material, so you can grow more crops. We've gotten very far away from that. When I think about Mother Nature and, and how far we've gone away from it, when I think about that, the ecology, the ecological ramifications of progress, development. You know, it saddens me, of course. The same way I'm astounded and proud of where we are, I think back to the simpler times and I say, man, I could have just as easily been, been just as happy living back 50, 100 years ago and being a fisherman or being a farmer and just simpler times before all this exponential growth occurred and all the, the um, downsides of it. There are clear upsides too, but I'm sure everything wasn't rosy back in the day. I'm sure there was a lot of hardship. A lot of tough times. 
but I think about, when I think about, for instance, how Merce, how he grew up, and going out, watching his father chop wood, or he, his father was a, he would harvest peat moss and sell that, and of course going out on the bay, right? They did whatever they could to survive and thrive in trying times. So, when I think of all that stuff and the adventures of, of a young boy, a young person in a simpler time when you could run around through the fields and, and play in the creeks and all that, swim in those lakes and go out and have those woods parties just boundless adventures and then I think of the way that our kids are growing up they're not out there as much you know they play sports they recreate um, it's like it's been over organized you know it's like we would go out and play Sure, some of us would play on teams, um, school sports and all that stuff. And there were, was Boy Scouts and there was um, hunting clubs and fishing clubs and all that stuff. But there was a lot more time, as I recall, for us just to go down in the park and go on the fucking seesaw. Or play a pickup game of anything. And, you know, head over to the ice cream man or woman. And play with your friends. Go to knock on your neighbor's house. Hey, you ready? You want to come out? Let's go do something. And so, man, that, that sure was special. And I think about our kids. Of course, it's a pandemic. But they spend a lot of their time looking at screens, devices. And they play on organized teams at local parks and school facilities. Football and cheer and rugby. And they look into a computer screen for their education. Virtual. And I just wonder where things are going. I wonder how... It just seems like it's as compared to where we're coming from. I don't really like where we're going. I can see why people would be reticent. People would be um, reluctant you know, to take a dive into this future. What happened to the experimentation? What happened to the the adventure, just out in nature, just learning by doing, scabbing your knees up, skateboarding with your buddies, skateboard all the way across town, riding your bikes. Heading down to the to the uh, beach and running out, bringing your your towel and running out into the into the water and dunking each other and 
going over by the dam and watching as the amber water of the cedar swamps would drain over the steel grid of the dam and looking and listening and smelling the rush and the foam as that water plummeted to the ground and disappeared in a tunnel that would then head back into the swamp. Going fishing. Going on ATV trips. Going out with a family, a, fr a friend who had a boat, and heading out to Tyson Shoal and hanging out in the shallows there, carrying your surfboards or your bodyboards, paddling to the shore, and then walking across the narrow strip of land to Island Beach State Park, surfing, hanging out in the sun, draining your energy, and then almost passing out to the drone of the engines of that boat as it headed back home and everybody would grab their gear and hop off the boat head home and shower up and take a nap when I read a book like this and I think about those old times. God, I sure miss them. And I hope that they can return again. You know, I'm always out there carving my wood, working in the yard, taking hikes, going down the creeks. That's some of my favorite shit to do. I love it. And it's good for me. But what about other people? What about my kids, my family? My friends who, for whom this way of life is, it seems to be on its way out. I sure hope that it, uh, it falls back into favor. Maybe I'll have to be one to, to uh, facilitate that, you know? There should be, I've always thought that there'll be classes taught in this sort of shit in the future. Wayfinding, making things woodwork, conservation, interacting with other people, going on adventures. I feel like there should be fucking classes taught on this shit. Because it's a dying way of life. Who the fuck is this person? Beat it. Now we sit in front of our phones and our, our laptops and look at a bunch of scary news and call each other names and stress about our schedules and All that other man-made crap. I'm not so impressed with man-made. 
anymore. I feel like there's something that, like an itch we can't scratch. Like there's, we, we corrupt the, the earth. All this beauty that we can walk out into and just by sitting by a tree or going down to a creek or a lake and dipping your toes in and watching all of the, going to the shallows, find a fucking puddle for Christ's sake. Go down the creek and, and look at those other creatures. Not like us, but not too dissimilar. Crayfish and they're hiding out underneath their stones and they're rearing up and they're paddling away from us, kicking with a kick of their uh, lobster-like tail. They scurry back and put their 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 dukes up, their claws. And look at the water bugs scurrying away. And the birds coming and the acorns plopping off of a high tree into the creek. And you look at all that and it's like, this is like fucking poetry, man. Look at all this stuff going on. And then you look at what we have going on. <clears throat> it's another thing of beauty, but it's... I think it's a whole lot more beautiful looking at nature and watching how she works. Maybe following her example would be wise. Anyway, it's interesting. I'm going to finish. I'll probably finish this book by the end of the week. And I'm really, really digging it. I encourage everybody <coughs> to, excuse me, to think back to your upbringing and the experiences you had the opportunities you shared and the people you know and you remember and the smiles and the frowns and the good times and the bad and the storms and the calm seas and the way things were and how they are and how they will be. There's a lot to consider. Anyway, mad respect to guys and gals with the integrity and the... Uh, The courage to live lives like Merce Ridgeway. Check out his book, The Bayman, if you're interested at all in coastal life and some interesting characters. And think about the Pineys in your life or wherever you're from. Who are the hillbillies, the hill folk, the old people? Um, ask them how they remember things were. Very, very interesting to consider how things were and imagine how they will be. It's not always a positive. Maybe this is why some people are so conservative, because they don't like to see things change. They don't like to see good things that we've had squandered. And I just, I guess, describe some things that, like the pollution of the bay or the changing of my town. Uh, it's not necessarily for the better, but it seems inevitable. Maybe we can turn the clock back if we try to draw from the absolute best of the way things were and bring them to the modern day. Hey, what's going on? Dr. Drill to Making Motivation Podcast. How are you doing, you scoundrels?
Today is Monday the 26th of January 2021. Where did the month of January go? It's crazy, yes, yes? Absolutely crazy. But uh, it's good. You know, today was a good day for me. Hope it was an awesome day for you. It was freaking chilly willy up here in the Philadelphia area. And a uh, productive day for me at the office. Uh, helped some people, had some laughs, put some smiles on faces, and fire under the asses of the masses. So here we are. I have a, uh, I think it was a pretty interesting topic of conversation. Interesting to me, anyway. I picked up this book. I've been thinking about it for quite a while. The book is called The Bayman. Right, so I'm from coastal Jersey, as you may have picked up. I'm from a little town called Forked River. And uh, I always say that if you got to be from New Jersey, this is an awesome place to to have grown up. You know, great community. Uh, we lived in the middle of the Pine Barrens, so there's a lot of open spaces, a lot of opportunities for people to enjoy themselves. There was a bay community, uh, the Barnegat Bay was right there in town. And Long Beach Island, the ocean was just beyond. And so really, you know, an awesome place to live. Pine Barrens offered endless adventures that we could uh, embark upon, head out there and climb trees, build forts, make BMX tracks, ramps, and berms, and all that shit. Go out there, or later on uh, in, in high school, we go out there and drink beer and have woods parties. You can go out there on your all-terrain vehicles or shoot your firearms or whatever right out there in the, in the vast pine barrens, which were relatively unregulated. You can go out there and have a good time. Do whatever you want to do. It's almost like a lawless environment, kind of like a, something out of a post-apocalyptic scene where, you know, here's this this town, but, you know, people out there and like something out of the Road Warrior where you could go out there and, and your jacked up truck and with a, with a keg of beer or a beer ball and drive around in the woods, try to get cut, um, get across the various mud puddles and creeks and stuff and you get stuck, you get friggin' flooded, somebody pull you out with a big fire hose or another type of rain, uh, rope or cable, and then uh, fight each other out there and, and laugh and carry on and kiss your girlfriend and head back into town when it was all over. And, hey, remember in that woods party we're out there and such and such did that, jumped over the fire pit, all that shit. And so we went out there and had just endless fun in the Pine Barrens, growing up on the water, swimming in the bay, fishing, crabbing, clamming, boating, awesome place to grow up. And so this book called The Bayman was written by a guy named Merce, um, fuck's his last name, Ridgeway, Merce Ridgeway. And Merce or Mercy, Mercy Ridgeway, Merce. I think it's Merce. And so he was a bayman 
long before I showed up, you know, in the 80s. I was born in 1975. He was probably still out there on the bay, but he he had been cultivating the bay for shellfish and crabs and living off the where the ocean meets the land, essentially, living off the bay, driving, riding his boat out there into the the waters of Barnegat Bay and exploring and duck hunting and carving up decoys and crabbing and clamming and that's how he raised his family. That's how he provided for his family being part of the community as a bayman. Fucking unbelievable, you know. I remember when I was growing up there would be people you'd see uh, lurking around town run, run across them in maybe a little place called Square Deal Hardware towards the center of town or there's a Welsh farm so it's like a little convenience store or a Krausers or you'd see them out in the out in the Pine Barrens riding around their trucks um, and they were hillbilly type people the locals, people from that, that I wouldn't call them indigenous because you know they're the Lenny Lenape, the Indians, local Native Americans, of course, it was their land first, right? But these are some of the people that were there when they were frickin' dirt roads, you know, in the 50s and the 60s, in the 70s. And when I showed up there, my road that I grew up on was dirt. And soon they would put in sewers and they would pave the roads and towns started growing exponentially. Now, I probably wouldn't even recognize certain aspects of it, but I bet you there would be some things that were the exact same. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I've talked about that before where you have, um, you, you go into an area that you grew up in, let's say, like Fork and River, New Jersey, for me. You go there, and after having been, having not been there for 10 years or however long, and you'll see so many changes, countless changes, but then you'll see some street corner where the sign is still scratched or um, there's still that bend in the road where that tree, that, you know, a drunk driver hit the tree. And there's a, that, 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 that tree trunk still... <clears throat> tells the tale tree trunk tells the tale of days gone by or there'd be like that white sand road that just still the same turn still the same bumps in the road still the same trees Same roots that are coming out of the ground from the scrub pine in your neighborhood. Same color house that you know you sold that you lived, you grew up in for 18 years, and your family stayed in for 25 years. The house still looks the same, and the fence is still the same, and the trees have grown, uh, but no, they changed that. Now they put a pool in, or they did whatever. Hold on a second, got to run into the store. Okay, I'm back. So what I'm getting at 
is that, you know, as I was saying, the places that we grew up, think about that. Your hometown. You remember the different aspects of it. Remember what it was like when you were growing up. The patch of woods behind your house or the local park or your school. The various stores that were around. When you approach midlife, you start thinking about all these places and you recount all the places that you've been and the cool and not so cool experiences you had. Your experiences are all of value, right? To revisit those things. And so I'm thinking about my hometown and I read this book and this guy just takes me back. Takes me back to a time that you know, I can actually only imagine because if I'm remembering all the cool stuff that we did, skateboarding through Cranberry Hill and going in Devil's Ditch and BMXing through there, or you know, um, playing Manhunt in this field here and that local restaurant that everybody would go and then it burnt go to and everybody then it burnt down. We remember these things, you know, the, the sound and the smell and the, the whole deal of, of the school and how it was the center of our world and, and everyone we knew, all the kids went there and grew up and go to the football games, sporting events, cheer on the Lacey Lions and a little paw print that was there when you turned on to I think it's Manchester Drive, whatever road that the school is on these giant paw prints because we're the Lacey Lions and so that was like Lions Pride that is who we are and all the adventures you had and all the, the good, bad and so on and so forth just just amazing and, and this guy, he was there probably went to the same uh, elementary school as I did Forked River Elementary and but his best days were spent out on the bay clamming and crabbing and just basically living off of mother nature you know the bounty that existed out there in in that body of water that's that's how he and his family and many others made their way and they're old pineys you know and then times change and development of the bay Sounds like, and I, I believe, you know, I was aware that it started to suffer from overdevelopment and pollution and runoff and all these things that we talk about now as if, you know, people debate them. Oh, it's pollution, you know, or really, can Mother Earth just, you know, some people swear that there's nothing we could possibly do to the Earth. It's too big and we're too small and we couldn't possibly have an imprint. On this or on this world, look at my hometown. You know, look at where it started: the dirt roads and a bay teeming with wildlife and um, all kinds of open lands. And then it develops and it grows and it grows. And the department stores give way to big box stores and super wawas and 
the marinas fill up with out-of-towners or new movers with their boats and their trash and and all that you know just it's just kind of the way of the world with human beings it's tragic and it's interesting but that's 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 my world I mean, this is something that I experience when I I read this guy's book and he talks about all the things that he did you know his curiosity growing up and his community and the people in it and of course you talk about the things that were like he, the guy grew up there in my hometown of Forked River before there was electricity and running water and so obviously things were primitive and things were we always remember things having been better and simpler and then you get water and sewers and electricity and TVs you know things change more people want to move down towards the beach right? construction folks they want to develop it realtors they want to develop and sell houses they want businesses so that people can have jobs and you know the economy grows and the community grows and the population swells and you know, where does that end I'm on this page on Facebook called, if you grew up in Lacey, you remember, remember growing up in Lacey Township, whatever. And so there were three man-made lakes there in town. They had specific names, like one was called Lake Barnegat, and the other was called um, Deerhead Lake, and the third was called the Mill Pond. And these, these lakes... There's a meandering road that skirts the lakes, and the beaches could be, there'd be countless people on the beaches and in the water, and, the, and there were docks in the water, and people would go out there and climb the docks and dive off and play Marco Polo and run around and just fucking endless fun. Endless fun. And this is living near the beach near the bay, right by the bay, and right near the ocean. We have lakes, so even more water. And you could fish there. There was pickerel and catfish and crappies and turtles. Big snapping turtles. I caught one on a piece of bologna sandwich one time. It was kind of like a Tom Sawyer. I mean, I, I, it, I know it was the 80s and stuff when things were developing, but I remember still there was a lot of old stuff there. There was a lot of old businesses and the marinas you could go and there would still be wooden boats and old timers who would tell stories of the 50s, 60s, 70s. You know, now I'm growing up in the 80s and 90s. All these folks are starting to get old and dying and come let me sit on my knee, let me tell you a story about the way things were. And now they're, they're disgusted with the Although they wanted things to grow, maybe on some level, they wanted more opportunity and, um, and a thriving community. They didn't want all the out-of-towners. They didn't want congestion and traffic and 
people moving in, squeezing from north to south, from New York City, and from west to east, from Philadelphia. Everybody wanted to go to the Jersey Shore. And people still do. It's a wonderful place. And I'm sure if I go back, I would see a lot of things that reminded me. And I have been back. It's been a while, but COVID passes. I'm going to head over there. We used to go see, uh, stay with family in uh, Ocean City, New Jersey. So we'd have to go through. And we used to stop and, and spend some time with my, my friend Russell and Gretchen family um, as I pass through you know down route 72 route 70 and there's pine back there's pine trees on the you're driving down a, a highway full uh, skirting protected lands and I see all those little pull-offs those little dirt trails sand white powder sand heading off into the pine barrens and I see people, um, little houses, and I, I all this flat land with pine barren, with pine trees, scrub oak, and white sand scattered with pine needles. I mean, this is you hit a, you hit a dip in the road, and there's a creek, and the creek smell of cedar, and the earth is, is of a specific composition, obviously. <clears throat> and it's a very special place. I think about my time growing up in that town, and when I tell my friends, I just ask them on a group text, hey, and you guys remember, you guys read the book about this guy. They're all talking shit on the thread before I get on and say, hey, you guys read a book called The Bayman? And they're all smoking and joking on there saying a bunch of inappropriate shit, which I enjoy as well, but they're there right now. They are in this town, living in this town, and they drive by some of the same things that I'm talking about. drive by some of these landmarks and they can go out to that Bay Boulevard or stop at that you know restaurant that's still there or drive by our high school and they see it every day and I bet you they're tempted to say some negative things about where we grew up about how it's not the same and it's overgrown now I don't know. I wonder if they're still proud. See, when you're still there, when you never left, what is your perspective? They probably look at me and say, man, this guy's reading books about the Bay. He's two hours away. Never comes to visit. He's going to read books about it and remember how it was. I'm sure that goes to their mind. I'm sure they appreciate as well some of the... Uh, you know, my recollecting, my remembering.
life as it was when we grew up. Of course, we just lost a friend a couple months ago, a few months ago, so... You know, they might be tempted to think about that. We had a great upbringing. We really did. We had so many adventures, so many great times. I'm glad these guys are still alive, and I just want to prompt them to to reflect as well. I want to go visit them. I want to go out clamming. I want to go crabbing. I want to stop by and see this town and remember how it was and see how it is. And I want to honor people like like this guy, Merce Ridgeway, telling stories about his exploits and how he lived once upon a time off the fucking land, maybe in a very similar way, not maybe, as I drive through this community, heading to my uh, development up here in Telford, Pennsylvania. I look at these fields and meadows and I can imagine this is all farmland growing corn and cows and goats and chickens and whatever the fuck else, you know. People lived differently. They, they lived off actually the raw materials resources that the land offered. I think that is so pure. I love that, man. I love to hear stories about farmers and fishermen and people who actually were to take um, take from the land and the ocean and the, the earth and in anticipation that they would need more. So they, you know, if they caught some crabs, they would throw the little ones back hopefully, so that they would be able to grow and propagate more crabs. In the same way that a, a farmer might fertilize their field with cow shit, you know, churning that back and tilling it back under into the earth, add more organic more material so you can grow more crops. We've gotten very far away from that. When I think about Mother Nature and and how far we've gone away from it, when I think about that, the ecology, the ecological ramifications of progress, development, you know, it saddens me, of course. The same way I'm astounded and proud of where we are, think back to the simpler times and say, man, I could have just as easily been been just as happy living back 50, 100 years ago and being a fisherman or being a farmer and just simpler times before all this exponential growth occurred and all the downsides of it. There are clear upsides too, but I'm sure everything wasn't rosy back in the day. I'm sure there was a lot of hardship, a lot of tough times. 
but I think about, when I think about, for instance, how Merce, how he grew up, and going out, watching his father chop wood, or he, his father was a, he would harvest peat moss and sell that, and of course going out on the bay, right? They did whatever they could to survive and thrive in trying times. So, when I think of all that stuff and the adventures of a young boy, a young person in a simpler time when you could run around through the fields and play in the creeks and all that, swim in those lakes and go out and have those woods parties, just boundless adventures. And then I think of the way that our kids are growing up. They're not out there as much, you know, they play sports, they recreate. Um, it's like it's been over-organized, you know, it's like we would go out and play. Sure, some of us would play on teams um, school sports and all that stuff, and there were, was Boy Scouts, and there was um, hunting clubs and fishing clubs and all that stuff, but there was a lot more time, as I recall, for us just to go down in the park and go on the fucking seesaw or play a pickup game of anything. Head over to the ice cream man or woman. Play with your friends. Go to knock on your neighbor's house. Hey, you ready? You want to come out? Let's go do something. And so, man, that that sure was special. I think about our kids. Of course, it's a pandemic. But they spend a lot of their time looking at screens, devices. And they play on organized teams at local parks and school facilities football and cheer and rugby and they look into a computer screen for their education virtual and I just wonder where things are going I wonder how it just seems like it's as compared to where we're coming from. I don't really like where we're going. I can see why people would be reticent. People would be um, reluctant, you know, to take a dive into this future. What happened to the experimentation? What happened to the the adventure, just out in nature, just learning by doing, scabbing your knees up, skateboarding with your buddies, skateboard all the way across town, riding your bikes. Heading down to the to the uh, beach and running out, bringing your your towel and running out into the into the water and dunking each other and 
going over by the dam and watching as the amber water of the cedar swamps would drain over the steel grid of the dam and looking and listening and smelling the rush and the foam as that water plummeted to the ground and disappeared in a tunnel that would then head back into the swamp. Going fishing. Going on ATV trips. Going out with a family, a, fr a friend who had a boat and heading out to Tyson Shoal and hanging out in the shallows there, carrying your surfboards or your bodyboards, paddling to the shore and then walking across the narrow strip of land to Island Beach State Park, surfing, hanging out in the sun, draining your energy, and then almost passing out to the drone of the engines of that boat as it headed back home and everybody would grab their gear and hop off the boat, head home and shower up and take a nap. When I read a book like this and I think about those old times, God, I sure miss them. And I hope that they can return again. You know, I'm always out there carving my wood, working in the yard, taking hikes, going down the creeks. That's some of my favorite shit to do. I love it. And it's good for me. But what about other people? What about my kids, my family, my friends who, for whom this way of life is... It seems to be on its way out. I sure hope that it uh, it falls back into favor. Maybe I'll have to be one to, to uh, facilitate that, you know? There should be... I've always thought that there'll be classes taught in this sort of shit in the future. Wayfinding, making things, woodwork, conservation interacting with other people, going on adventures. I feel like there should be fucking classes taught on this shit. Because it's a dying way of life. Who the fuck is this person? Beat it. Now we sit in front of our phones and our, our laptops and look at a bunch of scary news and call each other names and stress about our schedules and all that other man-made crap. I'm not so impressed with man-made 
anymore. I feel like there's something that, like an itch we can't scratch. Like there's, we, we corrupt the, the earth. All this beauty that we can walk out into and just by sitting by a tree or going down to a creek or a lake and dipping your toes in and watching all of the, go into the shallows, find a fucking puddle for Christ's sake. Go down the creek and, and look at those other creatures. Not like us, but not too dissimilar. Crayfish and they're hiding out underneath their stones and they're rearing up and they're paddling away from us kick it with a kick of their uh, lobster-like tail they scurry back and put their 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 dukes up their claws and look at the water bugs scurrying away and the birds coming and the acorns plopping off of a high tree into the creek. And you look at all that and it's like, this is like fucking poetry, man. Look at all this stuff going on. And then you look at what we have going on. <clears throat> it's another thing of beauty, but it's, I think it's a whole lot more beautiful looking at nature. And watching how she works. Maybe following her example would be wise. Anyway, it's interesting. I'm going to finish. I'll probably finish this book by the end of the week. And I'm really, really digging it. I encourage everybody <coughs> to, excuse me, to think back to your upbringing and the experiences you had. And the opportunities you shared and the people you know and you remember and the smiles and the frowns and the good times and the bad and the storms and the calm seas and the way things were and how they are and how they will be. There's a lot to consider. Anyway, mad respect to guys and gals with the integrity and the... Uh, The courage to live lives like Merce Ridgeway. Check out his book, The Bayman, if you're interested at all in coastal life and some interesting characters. And think about the Pineys in your life or wherever you're from. Or who are the hillbillies, the hill folk, the old people. Um, ask them how they remember things were. Very, very interesting to consider how things were and imagine how they will be. It's not always a positive. Maybe this is why some people are so conservative, because they don't like to see things change. They don't like to see good things that we've had squandered. And I just, I guess, describe some things that, like the pollution of the bay or the changing of my town. Uh, it's not necessarily for the better, but it seems inevitable. Maybe we can turn the clock back if we try to draw from the absolute best of the way things were and bring them to the modern day. <laughs>